Welcome to this week's podcast from Church on the Rock. We hope that it will challenge and inspire you to be a more passionate follower of Jesus. For more information about Church on the Rock, visit us at cotrcalera.com. We're, we're excited to kind of be moving on. I think that um, this, uh, I'm going to be starting kind of a new series in the month of October, and it's kind of like, um, it's called Undercover Boss. How many of you ever seen the TV show Undercover Boss? Okay, so a few of you. It's, um, is it still running? Is it still running today? Or is it, is it kind of done? I think it went like six seasons that I could tell. Um, anyway, so you know, you know the premise behind Undercover Boss, right? It's uh, this, um, you know, a person kind of owns a business, and um, um, so they decide to kind of um, dress up the owner of the business, and he goes in and he acts like he just got hired at, you know, as an employee at the business, so he gets to kind of see firsthand how his employees kind of treat the business or, um, you know, how hard or easy it is for them or whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so it ends up being this shocking revelation, you know, all this kind of, it's one of those reality TV shows. So today I, I want to, uh, we're going to be looking at this and, and really kind of discovering maybe biblical occupations that teach spiritual principles and stuff. So we're going to be kind of diving into that. Before we get there, I want to share a story about a fellow colleague of mine, a pastor who uh, was preaching on, uh, on, you know, he had a, you know, he was a senior pastor of church and was, you know, preaching every Sunday morning. And one of the things that he noticed uh, every Sunday morning when he was preaching is that there was this certain, there was a deacon that was on the deacon board that every Sunday morning, um, when he would get up to start preaching, this guy would fall asleep. And he was, he was doing this all the time, and it, you know, greatly aggravated the pastor, right? The, you know, he just got aggravated, like, hey, this guy's a deacon, he's supposed to be a leader, he's like falling asleep, he can't stay awake, all this kind of stuff. And so, finally day, um, you know, he, he noticed that, um, you know, this, this deacon had fallen asleep, and so he, 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 he stops in the middle of his sermon, and he kind of whispers, you know, to the rest of the congregation, he's like, all right, everybody, if you want to go to heaven, stand up, and so like everybody in, this, in the sanctuary stands up except for this guy who's obviously still sound asleep, all right, and says, all right, all right. He says, now you, you can go ahead and sit down. And once he has him sit down, he says, all right, now, everybody in here that wants to go to hell, stand up. And he yells, stand up. And the deacon, startled, but he heard the word stand up, stands up to his feet. And just extremely disoriented and looking around the room and noticing that he was the only one standing, he just kind of sat there for a second. And then he looked at the pastor and said, well, pastor, I'm not sure where we're going, but it's only going to be you and me that are going to be there. <clears throat> Best I got for you. It kind of reminds me of the story. You heard about the, uh, the pastor who, again, he's preaching on, on, uh, on Sunday morning, and um, this elderly man falls asleep on the front row. And by halfway through the sermon, the pastor is one of those small southern churches, you know. pastor looks at, at, at the wife and says, Will you wake your husband up? And she says, you put him to sleep, you wake him up. <clears throat> it's, you know, occupational hazards, man, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just what we got to deal with. I've had them, look, it happens, you know what I'm saying? I mean, 
I, of course, I've been in services before, but I, I, where I've been really, really tired, and I, we used to have, we've had some people even here in the past, really, I don't think, I don't see it much today. Of course, now that's the reason why we turn the lights down low and put bright lights. I just can't see you. You know, that way I'm not worried about you falling asleep anymore. But we fall asleep and stuff. It's just part of it. Sometimes, um, you know, we have long weeks at work and it just happens. But this morning, we're going to be taking a look at a certain occupation in particular that we find in, in the Bible. Something specifically that, uh, that even Jesus mentioned several times. And, and I, will, I will say as we kind of get into this that, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about this from the standpoint of being an expert because I'm nowhere near an expert when it comes to this kind of stuff. I am, you know, speaking point of, of kind of biblical understanding and biblical teaching. But we're going to be looking at the occupation of a farmer, okay, a farmer. And we see a lot of this in the Bible. The Bible talks about even Jesus, you know, a lot of his parables that he taught were about farmers. You know, a farmer went out to do, you know, so he would... You and usually it was, you know, something that was relative to their culture that day. So, you know, I, you know, more than likely, you know, if he was coming to like, you know, um, you know, inner city America, he probably, you know, Jesus probably wouldn't be using the illustrations of like, you know, a farmer went out to sow seed because everybody's gonna be like, what? You know, that is that's not. So when he's talking about a farmer sowing seed, he's speaking to people who understand that life who understand that lifestyle because there's so many people in that particular time that was that were doing that kind of thing and so you know Jesus oftentimes talked about this and he talked about he used farmers and and he used you know shepherds and fishermen and, and you know he talked about religious leaders so this idea that you know he's about these occupations and he would use these occupations and these, um, these things that people did to, in a way, illustrate kingdom principles so that we could understand how things worked. And this is the reason why I talk about, like, being undercover boss. Like, this idea, you know, it is true that, you know, we know that God is everywhere all the time. So we know that he, he is omnipresent. His presence is everywhere. There are different levels to the manifestation of God's presence, and we see that through Scripture, we know that His omnipresence says that He's everywhere. But then the Bible says that where two or three are gathered in His name, He is there. Well, like, what do you mean He's there? He's already there. You know, this kind of thing. So there, there are you know heightened levels. We talk about His manifest presence, or you want to talk about um, you know uh, the Shekinah glory of God, where you know they see the presence of God. All those kinds of things are different levels to the presence of God. All right. So, um, but Jesus would use these, these occupations talking about this, explaining and describing, you know, how the kingdom of God works. And understand that when we've been born again, we've been brought out of the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of God. And so in order to, in order to you know, operate within the kingdom of God and, 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 and do all the things that God wants us to do, then we have to understand that that we have to abide by the laws that govern the kingdom of God. So Jesus has, you know, God has established these laws that govern the kingdom, all right? And Jesus tries to explain these laws to us using illustrations of, you know, occupations and people's work and stuff like that, all right? And we have to understand this. Listen, that, um, and this kind of gets into what we're talking about right here, that, like, God is not, he's, you know, it, it's either his way or it's not his way. So you can't do it another way. 
besides God's way. You've got to do it God's way. All right? And so when he's, he's here and he's around, he's this undercover boss, he's constantly aware of what we're doing. He's constantly aware of how we're living and decisions that we're making. And those decisions that we make in our life determine what reality we believe in the most. Whether we believe in the reality of this world or we believe in the reality of the kingdom of God. All right? And so, you know, Jesus here is, is, is you know, he used this idea of farmers, and, and particularly as it relates to sowing and reaping. All right? So here's the thing that we all have to understand. We all sow and we all reap, but we all don't sow and reap the same thing. Okay? Every single one of us in here, to a degree, are like farmers. Okay? The Bible talks a lot about, you know, even Jesus there was a farmer who would go out to sow seed. You remember the, uh, the seed that fell on the rocky path and the seed that fell in the cracks and the seed that fell in the dry and the seed that fell in the good soil, all this kind of stuff. So even, and there's other times where it talked about the farmer who sowed the seed and the tares came in. And th- there's probably three or four ex- parables that Jesus talked about. He talked about farmers sowing seed. And we even know this in our life as well, okay, that we all are going to sow, and that we're all going to reap. All of us are going to sow, and all of us are going to reap. So in a way, we're all like farmers. From a spiritual perspective, from a kingdom of God perspective, we're all, every single one of us, are sowing and reaping. All right? And just like a farmer goes out to sow seed in his field, whatever he sows in his field, he's going to reap and, um, from, from the ground. And it would be foolish, and I know that this is, I, I think this is pretty obvious, but it would be foolish for a farmer to go out into his field and to sow watermelon seeds hoping to grow cotton. That would be an extremely foolish move on his part. That he would go out into his field, he would sow, you know, orange seed, okay, into his field hoping that someday he would have apples. We know that that's the dumbest. Nobody in their right mind ever would do that. No farmer, no realistic, logistical farmer that understands exactly what he's doing. Now, maybe if you have some ignoramus out there that doesn't know what they're doing, that's never been taught, I mean, but you probably would ha- wouldn't be able to, like, you would literally probably not have to make it past, like, elementary school to not understand this. The sim- simple principle, if you want oranges, you got to plant orange. If you want watermelons, you plant watermelon seed. You want apples, you plant apple seed. Okay, all of this is true. And listen, it is also true as it relates to spiritual things as well. Okay, we would not sow. Listen, how can we expect a harvest of righteousness if we sow in unrighteousness? How can we expect God to give us a harvest of good things? If we are constantly sowing bad things, we just know that that's not a realistic thing. So listen in Galatians chapter 6, Paul even here goes on to explain it. I love the translation here that I'm using here. It says, don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, Harvest a crop of weeds. All he will have to show in his life is weeds. 
but the one who is plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth, growth work in him, harvest a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we do not give up or quit, okay? So here, listen, Paul here, listen, is writing this passage to the church, to us. He says, listen, God is not going to, look, nobody's going to make a fool out of God. Nobody. It doesn't matter who you are, nobody's going to make a fool out of God. This world is not going to make a fool out of God. It doesn't matter what you see on TV. It doesn't matter what you hear in the music. It doesn't matter what you, what you see in the movies. It doesn't matter what you read in the magazines. Okay? The fact of the matter is, is that God will not be made a fool of. And whatever you sow to in your life is what you're going to reap from. And it would be foolish for any farmer to sow orange seeds thinking that he's going to reap apples. Okay? It would just be it would be just as foolish for you to sow into rebellion and disobedience to God and think that you're going to re- reap a harvest of righteousness and good things in your life. Okay, God will not be made a fool of. This is just the way. It goes. Listen, this is a spiritual principle that works. Okay, for all of us, it works in the kingdom of God. If you want to reap good things. You've got to sow good things. And this is the lesson of the farmer. We're talking about this. Listen, that we're all, all of us are farmers. We're all farmers. We're all, we are all farmers in spiritual things. Okay? And I know that sounds weird, but it's just the truth. And God is our undercover boss. Listen, and he is watching everything that we sow in our life. Everything that we sow. Every decision that we make. Okay? Everything that we do, okay, God is watching. He is aware. And you listen, I, I remember, um, I remember uh, several, many years ago, it was probably a good 15 years ago when I was, um, man, actually it may have been, uh, it may have been around the time when 9-11 happened, like not long after 9-11 or maybe a year after 9-11 happened. I remember in Florida he preached a sermon called No One's Getting Away With Nothing. Right, because sometimes it's easy to like, it's easy to sometimes look around this world and think like, how is it that all the evil doers just kind of like they get they get, you know, people that that do the wrong thing and get away with it, people that make the you know and and they do the wrong thing on purpose intentionally trying to, you know, it's kind of like w- w- this whole this whole idea of like the su- these the suicide bombers, these guys that would hijack a plane and fly them into it, like, well, they, they got off. I mean, because there's no justice here on earth, right? There's no, those guys aren't going to meet justice. They're not going to have, you know, they're not going to stand before, a, you know, a, a jury and be tried and convicted of, of their crimes, and, and they just get to end their life and move on. And, and, and so he preached this, this sermon, this, this concept, this idea, which is, is so true that no one is getting away with nothing, okay? It doesn't matter how cunning you are. It doesn't matter how crafty you are. The fact of the matter is, is that nobody gets away with anything, right? And we're not gonna, every, every person on this earth, it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter how much money they have. It doesn't matter what position they hold. None of that stuff matters because we will all stand before God, okay? Uh, like, 
um, like the clay standing before the potter. We have all been made by him. We have all been created by him. He's breathed life into all of us. And all of us will stand by ourselves before the Lord and give an account of our life. And we won't stand there with our mom and dads. We won't stand there with our pastor. We won't stand there with our best friend or our spouse. Nobody will be there to stand up for us because God will know it all. And everything will be unraveled before the Lord. And he will see everything that we've done in our life. He knows it. And, and, and you can hide it from your pastor on earth. You can hide, not that I'm asking you to expose all of your darkest deeds, because I don't really even want to know, to be honest. Okay? You, you, you and Jesus handle that kind of stuff. But you can, you, know, you can live a pretend life. You can put on the mask and the facade and act like you're living right. You can do all those kinds of things if you want. You can, you can fool your pastor. You can fool your church. You can fool your parents. You can fool your teachers and your friends and other people in your life. You, you, can, you can fool anybody you want here on earth. But listen, nobody's fooling God. Nobody's fooling God. He's the undercover boss, and he's around all the time watching what's going on in our life. And the Bible says, listen, very clearly that we're all like farmers and that we're all, every single one of us are sowing something. We're all sowing something in our life by the decisions that we make, by the things that we do, that we talk, by the way that we treat other people, okay? All of these things, the Bible says we are sowing, all right? And listen, um, if you are sowing in unrighteousness, okay, you will reap the results of what you're sowing. The thing about, and, and I know kind of harping on sin, I think it's really important that we do sometimes because it's easy, I mean, sin... Um, if sin didn't look so good, you know, we would all stay away, right? I mean, if it wasn't so appealing to the flesh, we would all be able to stay away. But here's the thing about, here's the thing about sin um, and that we see even in Scripture is that, and this correlates well with the sowing and reaping, like there's very seldom, um, especially as it relates to spiritual issues. Now, this is different in the world. We, we experience it different in the world we live in, in, in diff at different levels. But the vast majority of the time, the effects of sin and wrong um, never hit you immediately when you do it. Okay? It's, there's um, what you call, there's kind of like a, um, um, a delayed effect that happens when we, do, when we live the wrong way. Um, you know, so you know, you can, I guess, more than likely, for, and I think this may be somewhat of a, a good example, you can, um, you know, you can, you can go and speed and drive 20 miles an hour over the speed limit one time and probably not ever get caught, right? But if you create a habit of driving 20 miles an hour over the speed limit, you're eventually going to get caught, right? It's eventually going to catch up to you. And it's not, it's not the, the first moment. It's that first moment we do it. We're like, oh, well, I got away with it. Uh, that's not really that bad, right? And we don't realize what we're doing is that the, the wrongdoing that we do in our life, okay, it has a delayed effect. Uh, I, I wish it was this way, that every time we did something wrong, God would just, like, you know, take his ring on his finger and just be like, pop, right on top of your head, ah! You know, like, as soon as you do the wrong thing, ah, right? Because then you know it, right? You know, you know, like, hey, you know, God just whacked me over the head because I did this. I'm not going to do this no more because I don't like getting whacked over the head, Right? 
it's kind of like uh, when, we, when we have little children and we discipline them. You know, it, like if you have a kid that's two or three, maybe even, you know, four, sometimes like um, in the younger, the, the more this is, you know, applicable, like if you don't discipline them in the moment that they do something, then they have a hard time connecting the discipline to the action, right? So if you don't, like, what was that for? I didn't, you know, I'm just hanging out. Like, no, but like three hours ago, you, okay. No, see, like when they're really, really young, you actually got to get them in the moment. They learn like, hey, this is a bad thing. I, I don't want to do this. Hey, I'm not going to say no to daddy no more. Whatever, okay, whatever it is. Um, you, you know, you have to, you, you can't wait. It's not something like, hey, you know, when they get older, you could be like, hey, when we get home, I'm taking care of this, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> but um, when they're young, you can't do, I'm just kidding, I've never, okay, not, I don't know why I did that. Um, when they're young, though, you can't, um, you can't do that because they don't connect it. And, and in a way, from a spiritual sense, sometimes when, when we're young and we're living the wrong way, we can actually think the same way in our life, okay, where we're somewhat spiritually immature, that we don't, we don't connect, okay, the fact that we are sowing in unright, we are reaping in unrighteousness because we sowed in unrighteousness, all right? So then we start, you know, thinking to ourselves, like, why is my life so difficult right now? Why are there so many problems? Why is everything going wrong? All of these kinds of things. And, and truth be known is that there are times in our life where it can be difficult and seem like everything's going wrong and it's not necessarily because we're, we're reaping something bad that we sowed. We may be going through a trial or a test, okay? And this is where we have to be spiritually discerning, okay? Because not every trial is because God has given you a trial or test. Sometimes it's because you put yourself in that position, right? I mean, you don't want to blame God because you got a speeding ticket because you were the one speeding. And you say, well, everybody else is speeding. So what? It doesn't change the fact that you... St- you can't blame the devil, okay, because you are reaping what you have sown. It's not the devil coming after you. Now, maybe the devil that came after you that tempted you to sow in a wrong thing, but you're reaping what you sowed, all right? But that's how sin works, and, and it always has a delayed effect upon our life, okay? The vast majority of the time, it's never the moment it happens. It's, it's you know, it's, you know, sin is kind of like, and I've always used this description, it's like chocolate laced with poison, right? It tastes good going down, but when it hits, once it hits the body and it begins to work, it has a delayed effect that brings death, right? So it tastes real good. If sin tasted bad, because every time we sin, something bad would happen to us, then we would learn not to sin. We would learn not to sow in unrighteousness if every time we did it, the moment we did it, it hurt, it brought pain to us. We would learn from that and change. But because there's a delayed effect, because listen, there's a delayed effect in sowing and reaping. You ever like sown a seed and sat around and tried to watch it grow? Right? Maybe like when you were in fifth grade, science fair projects, right? Like, oh, we all want to, I want to plant some grass and we're going to see what seeds grow and what. And you like every day, you're like, there's nothing happening. <laughs> there's a reason why use the expression, it's like watching grass grow, right? It's, <clears throat> um, it's not fun because there's a delayed effect in sowing and reaping, all right, that you, you generally, you never reap what you sow immediately. It's always down the road. Um, there's, a, there's a passage in Scripture 
It's in the Psalms where it says, um, it says to cast your seed into the water okay, and you'll reap it down the road. And what, what this was, was a, it was an illustration um, of what, what the nomads would do in that particular day around rivers is when they were, they, when they were planted up in a place and, and they, were, you know, they had a great harvest, they would, they would take their, their seed or their, their grain seed and they would cast it in the water. They would take some of it and they would cast it in the water and the water, the river would take that stuff down downstream the water would take it downstream and then what happened was is that in in when they would as they were kind of there if they ever went through like a drought or a period where they couldn't provide for themselves anymore they would pack up and move downstream to find a harvest waiting for them when they got there because they took their seed corn they cast it in the river and the river took it down seed it was, it was a perfect illustration of how sowing and reaping works in our life okay that if we want to reap good things downstream, down the stream of our life, we need to understand to be taking the good things in our life and to be sowing into that right now, okay? We have to understand that this is a spiritual principle. It does not change. It is gonna happen, all this kind of stuff. And, and there's nothing we could do about it. And, and, and this is important for us to understand this this, this, this particular mindset that we have to sow in righteousness if we want to reap a righteous reward. And, you know, I've heard people say, uh, you know, I've seen it before. Gosh, I mean, I guess with all the things that I've done over the course of, you know, the 20, 25 years I've been in ministry, um, you know, I've heard and seen everything. And I've heard people say, it's just so hard to live for God. You ever heard that before? It's just hard to live for God. Just hard to live for God. And I think that, you know, that has to do with, you know, your perspective, right? Okay. So whatever perspective you want to carry in your life is really the way you're going to formulate your ideas and your opinions about life. You know, there are a lot of people that would try to say, well, it's just hard to live for God. Maybe that's because, you know, you've surrounded yourself with people who don't live for God. And now it's become hard because uh, they're constantly encouraging you and influencing you to live the wrong way. That's when it becomes really hard to live for God, for sure, right? But, the, but if you understand, um, if, you, if you change your perspective, all right, and see things differently, all right, then you have to understand that that's, that's not true. And even in the Bible, the Bible even says it very plainly in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 15, it says, the way of the transgressor is hard, okay? The way of the transgressor is hard. Who, do you, who do you think had it easier in the story of the prodigal son? The son that stayed home with the father or the son decided to take his inheritance to go out and do his thing, all right? Now the son, listen, and again, this is another perfect example of sowing and reaping. The son that decided to take his inheritance out into the world and to sow his wild oats, okay? The Bible says that he had fun for a while, while as long as he had money and everything was going good, he had fun for a while, but where did it end up? It ended up with him feeding pigs. He sowed in unrighteousness, and he reaped an unrighteous reward. And he sat there, listen, he sat there in that moment looking down at the plight that he was in, the place that he was in, and he was like, like, these pigs are eating better than I am. These pigs that I am feeding are eating better than I am. Surely if I go back to my father, he will receive me. All right, who do you think had the better life? Okay, 
Who do you think? The, the child who stayed at home or the child who went out and sowed an unrighteousness? Now, you could, you could make an argument that the child who went out and sowed inheritance had, had a good time for a while. But that's the way it is, okay? The Bible even says that sin is pleasurable for a season, right? Seasons come and go. How many of you ready for the seasons to change right now? I mean, right now, in the, you know, in the real life, I'm ready for the season to change, okay? Like, I, more than I like cold, but at this point, I am done with the heat. Bring me a little bit of cold, okay? For about two weeks, and then I'll be, you know, okay, let's go back. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, seasons come and seasons go. There will be a season of your life, if you want to live the wrong way and do the right thing, the wrong thing, there will be a season where it will seem fun, it will seem better, it will seem more pleasurable, it will seem all those things. But the Bible says it will just be for a season because while you're sowing in unrighteousness, okay, all that unrighteous seed is going downstream and you will walk downstream and reap the harvest of what it is that you're sowing. We're going to reap it. Okay? We're all farmers. We all have the same undercover boss. He's all watching us, right? And, and the sowing and reaping. Even Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy, burdened, and I will give you rest. So listen, take upon my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All right? In Job chapter 4, verse 8. He's, Job says this, It is my observation that those who plow evil and sow trouble reap evil and trouble. Okay? It is my observation, even Job saying here, it's my observation that those who sow and plow into evil and rebellion, that they will reap evil and that they will reap um, disobedience. All right? Even in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 8, it says, He that soweth iniquity shall reap calamity. He that sows iniquity. In other words, he who sows rebellion, he who sows wrongdoing, will reap calamity. How many of you want to reap calamity? You might, any calamity people out here, like, I'll take some calamity. You even know what calamity is, right? I mean, calamity is kind of like, I think, like, yeah, the train just went off the tracks and everything's bad. <clears throat> That's what I'm thinking, right? Calamity. The Bible says if we sow into iniquity, we will reap a train wreck, okay? We will reap a train wreck. We will reap calamity. We have to understand that, that just as a farmer will reap the results of what is sown, so you will reap the results of what you sow in your life, right? And even in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, it says, um, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop, but a lavish planter, planter gets a lavish crop, right? Um, so here's the deal, like, there's two aspects to the sowing and reaping. One is the aspect of if you sow in disobedience and rebellion, you're going re to reap in calamity. The Bible says it, all right? Let God be true and every man a liar, all right? God is not a man that he should, uh, um, he should lie, nor son of man that he should change his mind. It says that in Deuteronomy. God doesn't change his mind. He doesn't lie. What he's written in his word will come to pass. You can take it to the bank, Okay. It's the way it is, all right? And so there's this principle of sowing and reaping as it relates to disobedience and rebellion. There's also a principle of sowing and reaping. Like, so even if we sow into good things, like we will reap depending upon the measure by which we sow, right? So for example, like 
if a farmer goes out and plants one apple seed, okay, he's going to get one apple tree, all right? One apple tree. But if he goes and sows like a hundred apple seeds, hopefully he's going to get a hundred apple trees. And how many of you know that a hundred apple trees is a whole lot better than one apple tree, right? If you're trying to produce apples and you want to sell them. So there's also the measure by which we sow it. It is, is also has to be considered as it relates to this idea of sowing and reaping. So idea that like the, the sowing, you know, if I sow into good things, then I'm going to reap this shoot. I mean, it really is specific, dependent upon the measure by which you sow it. And it's important that we understand that this, this right here, 1 Corinthians, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop and a lavish planter gets a lavish crop. So this is in every aspect of our life. Okay? This is, we're not just talking about giving on Sunday morning. I'm talking about in every aspect of your life. Okay? Sowing and reaping matters. Okay? That if you, if you plant, if you, if you plant um, a stingy of love, Okay, then you're going to get a small amount of love in return. Okay, this if you plant um, a small amount of goodness, you're going to receive a small amount back. Right, in your serving, in your believing, uh, in your thinking, in your talking, in your acting, in all of those areas of your life, if you are sowing little, then you will reap little. And maybe you're okay with reaping little. Maybe you're okay with like, yeah, you know, I just, yeah, you know, at least it's good stuff and not bad stuff. Maybe you're okay with just having a little bit. But the Bible says that by the measure by which you sow it, measured back to you. Actually, this is what Jesus said. By the measure by which you sow, it'll be measured back to you. It'll be measured. As we live this life of ours trying to please the Lord, hopefully we're trying to please the Lord, we need to understand that, that the more we sow, the more we're going to reap. Okay? The more we give into sowing and the more we sow into the kingdom of God and the more that we sow into people and the more that we sow into our relationships and the more we sow in love and the more we sow in forgiveness, the more that we sow in compassion, the more that we sow in acceptance and embrace, the more we're going to reap in all these things as well. We can't get away from this idea of sowing and reaping. Rob, if you'll just come or whoever is going <clears> to. <throat> you see, these are, gosh, I mean, what have we, I, I mean, there's tons of them, but uh, we've gone through six passages already in the Bible that specifically highlights the, um, the power behind sowing and reaping in our life. Um, we're sowing into unrighteousness or we're sowing into righteousness. Um, the, 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 this is, listen, this is a, a kingdom principle that God has established, that he has placed in all of us that, and, and listen, it's not something that we're able to get away from. It's something that we're, we're all going to have to deal with. We all have to deal with in our life. And nobody's getting away with it. Even if you are sitting at this point and, and 
you are skeptical of what I'm saying because you've gotten away with whatever it is that you're doing in your life, understand something, that it, even if you get away with it here on earth, you're not getting away with it when you stand before God. You will still reap what you've sown in your life, right? Nobody's getting away with anything. And the more that we sow into the kingdom of God, the more God brings back into us. You know, here recently, um, uh, you know, I, and I won't get into all the details, but some of the, and, and this, you know, has to do with, you know, monitoring. You know, a little, about a year ago or so, God gave me a word and told me to, uh, to give something to somebody, um, to give some money to a ministry. This is a little, just a little over a year ago, probably 13 months ago, God, God told me to give uh, something to a ministry. Since that time, God has brought back to me 20 times what I've given, what I gave, 20 times. I think back and think, oh, why didn't I give more, right? By that measure by which you sow, that it would also be measured back to you. Now, at the time, that gift that I gave was hard for me. It was, it was a step of faith for me. But now I look back 13 months later, and I looked at, I look, and, and if you you add it all up, God has, listen, it's not. It's not a 20% increase. We're talking about 20 times, okay? 20 times that if you take, if I take the number that I gave and multiply it by 20, that's what God has brought back to me since that moment that I gave it, okay? Now, here's, here's also the truth. I don't believe, I don't believe that I'm done harvesting off of that sowing. I don't believe it. I don't believe that I'm done because I also read scripture that talks about that God will bring a hundredfold return, right? I still got 80, I still got 80 times to go here. So I'm still standing in faith that God is going to continue to bring it in because the Bible says that whatever you sow, that you will also reap. And if you sow in obedience to God, God will bring it back to you. It's just the way he works in my life uh, throughout my life God has been faithful all along the way that as I've continued to sow whether it's my energy my time God has uh, he has he has taken care of me he's taken care of our family he's taken care of uh, the church he's he's put all of these things and and it, I've just seen the blessing and the favor of God because of the obedience in my life I'm not and again I, listen I'm not just talking about money I'm also talking about the way that I live and the, um the decisions that I make with my life and the things that I do, faithful, okay, to, to bring it back, a harvest of righteousness as a result of this. It, stay faithful to God. And it's just true. It's true, in, it, it's true in my life. It's true in your life. The Bible says it's true. It, regardless whether it's true in mine or yours, it, the Bible says it's true, therefore it's true. And if you will just believe that and hold fast to God's word and what it says, Listen, you will see God blow open the windows of heaven and do incredible things in your life. We have to understand we are all just like farmers and that we will reap out of the ground what we sow into it. That God will not be mocked and it's because of this you can take it to the bank that it will happen. 
whatever you're sowing into the ground of your life, you're going to reap out of it. Okay? It may not happen today. It may not happen next month. But it will happen. And if you want to live your life in rebellion and disobedience to the things of God, listen, okay, you and you alone will sow out of it. I mean, you and you alone will reap out of it. You'll reap it. It'll, it'll come back to you. All right? And, and, you know, God tells us this, number one, to warn us of sowing the wrong thing, but also to encourage us to sow the right thing. Because it's not just a, you know, um, you know, God's last, Jesus' last command to the church was one word, kind of, one word, can, can summarize it. Go, right? Go. Go into all the world and impact people. You know, if you do a, um, if you do kind of a survey of the modern church, most people would think that Jesus' last command to the church would be no. No. You can't do that. You can't have that. You can't do this. You can't go here. You know, God is always really big about replacements. I don't know if you ever noticed this in the Bible. The Bible says, like, says, don't use your bodies as instrument of right, unrighteousness, but use the parts of your body as instrument of righteousness. It doesn't just say, don't do bad things. It says, no, go do good things. It's replacement. It's not saying like, hey, we're going to build a fence around you and we're going to make your life miserable and we don't want you to have any fun and we don't want you to do anything with your life. And, and, and my answer to you with anything that might bring you happiness and joy is no. No, he, he um, yes, there are boundaries and, and those things are there to protect us, but it's not just no. It's go, it's go and do, it's go live your life, it's go have a life of joy, a life of passion, a life of good things. So God teaches us this principle of sowing and reaping so we will understand that there will be great things for us to encourage us, to motivate us, that it's not just about like, hey, if you do bad things, you're going to reap bad stuff, you know, poo-poo on you. No, it's like, hey, if you will do really good things, I'm going to bring even greater things back to you in your life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do great things for you. I'm going to let you harvest an incredible righteousness if you will sow into righteousness, if you will sow into good things, if you'll sow into great things in your life, I'm going to bring this harvest to you down your road that's going to give you so much joy and peace and, and satisfaction in your life. Nothing in this world will be able to compare to it. You see, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, it says, A thistle or two gone to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time. Right? A thistle or two gone to seed can, it's, what is this really talking about, right? I mean, you, know, you can, all it takes is a couple of little things that we leave in our garden. And, you know, soon enough it'll start producing its sows in and ruins the whole thing. Genesis chapter 8 it says this in verse 22 For as long as the earth lasts planting and harvest cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never stop. As long as the earth lasts planting and harvest will never stop. Never stop. We will always reap what we sow, right? We'll always reap what we sow. And hopefully in our lives, we're sowing into righteousness so that we can reap a righteous man's reward 
down the, down the line. And the truth be known is that the greatest reward we can reap is standing before God on that day and looking Jesus, giving him a hug, and him looking at us and saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and enter into your master's happiness, your master. Amen. That's the best thing that we can reap in our life is knowing that we will have eternal life in heaven with our Savior. Come on, will you stand to your feet today?